Man up in my city on the roof, yeah David Duke when I'm way above the hoop, babe The Providence College Friars Top for the crossover The reverse Oh, baby The rush the Big East. The rest of the college hoops world. Setting the screen. Dunn twisting his way in. This is the Providence Crier Podcast. With your host, a PC grad standing in at four feet tall. He is the Providence Crier himself, Mike Surratt. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Providence Crier Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Surratt, the Providence Crier. Follow me on Twitter, that's at Providence Crier. Read our blog, theprovidencecrier.com. Join with me as always, we have BOC. Follow him on Twitter, at BOC all day. Today is Tuesday, February 1st. BOC, we've entered February, and the Providence Friars are 18-2, and 8-1 in the Big East. Did you see this coming? <laughs> no, I did not see this coming. I thought we were going to be like a uh, – I thought, honestly, it was going to be – like we were going to make the tournament pretty soundly, but I thought it would be a, you know, in typical Providence fashion, a little bit of a struggle. I did not see the season coming, nor – do I think any realistic fan saw this coming? A lot of experience returning, plus some instant impact transfers. But I don't, I don't think we expected the transfers, namely Durham and Manaya, to impact the team as much as they have. So things are, things are fantastic in Friartown right now, and I don't think any fan could wish for any more. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, we entered last week talking about the upcoming schedule, PC facing two ranked opponents, uh, one on the road at Xavier and then the, the home game, the rematch against Marquette after losing to them by 32 points um, in Milwaukee. We were cool with a one-on-one record, but we did talk about like if they went 2-0, and um, what would it mean for the team? And honestly, like, like we said, now they are in – a great position to seriously, seriously win their first ever Big East regular season title. But let's talk about how they got it done. Obviously, we went over the Xavier game already, but PC beats Marquette on Sunday, 65-63, um, in front of a, not sold out, but very crowded and very boisterous Dunkin' Donuts Center. Um, it's great to see. Obviously, the game gets pushed back a day due to the blizzard. But um, the Friars, first off, should we talk about what happened to me on the way to the game? Yeah, let's do that. Let's talk to pregame shenanigans. I get a okay. frantic text. I get a frantic text from you saying, I need some help at a gas station. I'm like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> yeah, I wanted you to, to reach out to the people because I was busy driving. But, um, yeah, so, you know, I want to get to the game early. I, I want to go to Trinity before the game, maybe get some food, have some beverages and so i get to providence at 11 a.m games at 12 30 i'm driving around first of all freaking hilarious the way the city handled plowing how, how did they handle it did they just push it up against a wall or something like that no it was literally just like the dunk 
the strength of the dunk was perfect. Everywhere else was shit. <laughs> That's that is amazing. That's how you know Providence is just Friar Town, truly. Like that's incredible. Yeah, it was so like <clears throat> like the Fountain Street, like right right where Trinity is. That whole street full of snow. Uh, all the other streets covered in snow, <laughs> and like like they plow, but like there was still a good amount of snow on the ground. Meanwhile, the actual one South Square was just like pristine. <laughs> but uh, so I pull in. And there's like a million spots at 11, right? So I'm like, oh, this is amazing. So I look to my right and my freaking walker is not there. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I had gotten gas in like a uh, town on the MA Rhode Island border. And it was actually this woman at the gas station was helping me with my wipers because the fluid was like frozen. So I couldn't, yeah. and I was like, I could barely see it. And that's why I pulled off the highway. And, uh, and so she helps me. I think I just, like, talking to her, I just totally didn't realize and just left without my walker. So I called the gas station. They have it. Thank God. Thank God I didn't get run over either. Uh, that's happened to me once before. But uh, so I'm like, oh, crap. Um, I have to go back now. So I go back, get it. It's about, like, a 25, 30-minute drive each way. So now I get oh, back. That's, te- that's terrible. Yeah, on top of that. Like I get back and whereas it was very easy to get into Providence and get by the dunk uh, when I got there at 11, not the case anymore. Like the traffic was ridiculous. Um, all the parking spots gone. Like all the, all the handicap spots are gone. Like I'm like, oh my God, I'm driving around all over the dunk. Finally, I find a spot. Um, thank God. But I end up getting there with five minutes left in the first half. Oh, really? That, that after, late? At, yeah, that late. After getting, oh. getting to Providence at 11 a.m. for a 12.30 tip, that's what ends up happening to me. So not great luck there, but I guess I didn't miss much. First half was uh, pretty crappy. Yeah. So we talked about it in our pregame and on the pod, like, we need to start hot. And we didn't do that. If anything, it was the exact opposite. We started slow and Marquette started hot. Um Going into half down six, it easily could have been down 15. Uh, they, you realize very quickly that like the 30 point blowout, whatever it was, wasn't a fluke. And they're just like a really, really efficient team. They have so many ways to attack you. Like Morcel, I didn't realize going into the season, like Morcel can knock down perimeter shots as consistently as he did. I don't know if he ever was like that. I knew he was like a defensive presence in uh, at Maryland, but he was knocking down shots. Tyler Cole, like he knows how to use that pick and roll effortlessly. He it's like the back of his hand. Um, then Cam Jones hit, I think, a three or two. They just started out really well. And I being down six, I was like, thank the gods that's a win because it could have been it could have gotten ugly early in the first half because we just had 10 turnovers in the first half. We were just self-imploding. I was like, oh man, this is not what you want to see when everybody trudges out in a blizzard. But we got it back. We got it back together in the second half. Yeah, for sure. So when I got there, um, Reeves hit a big three pointer. The crowd was going nuts. Um, I think that I don't know that might have cut it to like five or something. Um, not too sure, but obviously one of the big storylines: AJ Reeves returns to the lineup. Um, you were pretty spot on, Boc, in our pod about if he could go, how much he would go. Um, 
He went he went more than I said he would. I he uh what did he end up playing? 19 minutes? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I thought he was gonna play like even less than that, like 10 to 15. I personally think he probably should have played 10 to 15. I know Cooley was trying to get him in a rhythm, but he forced like he was, I think, two of nine. Um yes, I was gonna say. So like I mean, I saw him hit a three. I didn't th- that was really one of the only shots I saw him take. He played 19 minutes. Um, two of nine from floor, two of four from three, six points. Um, so he forced the, he forced the lot. Like it yeah, was that's what I was gonna say. Like, did he yeah. jump out of a can? Like, if it seems like he came in and just shot out of a can and just wanted to get get it going right away. Yeah, um, but it's fine. Like, obviously, it's easy to say it's fine after a win, right? Um, right. <laughs> but he was trying to get himself in rhythm, and Cooley drew up a couple sets for him. And the one thing with Reeves is when they drop a set for him, I've noticed this. Like, even if it even if it's well defended, he still pulls that shot no matter what. Like, he never like takes a step back and says, "Okay, never mind. This isn't the look." Let's set the offense up again. Like he's pulling that shot no matter what, and that's what happened uh, a couple times. But it was good to see him yeah. back out there. It's good to see him back out there. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, like, I, yeah, I think they're just kind of easing him back in. Um, I did see that play where Reeves goes in for a backdoor cut and great pass, by the way. Yeah, it was. He tries to reverse slam. He got mauled. I forget who it was. If it was Quaff. it was Quaff. Um but, yeah, I mean, it was good to see him back out there, but I, I think the team just kind of wants to slowly ease his way back in, I, I would guess. Because yeah. it's tough. I mean, they went, what, 5-4-1 with him, 5-1 with him? Four, uh, yeah, I mean, theoretically, if you count the game where he left, like, nine minutes, ten minutes in, he went 5-1. Right. and one. They went 5-1. Yeah. and one. But I, by the box score, you'd say 4-1. and one. Um, But, yeah, it was good to see him back out there. Um, I definitely think they'll, they'll work him back in. So – Second half, you know, I, I thought Providence kept – and this is my biggest takeaway from the game, actually, and it kind of alludes to our talk about getting off to a fast start um, in all this, was I was just thoroughly impressed by Marquette's ability to withstand the crowd and the environment that was there. Because there were, there were several, several times where Providence went on like a little run to get it close to within two um, or even tie it or even take the lead. And it seemed like Marquette always answered. That dude, was impressive. And you dude, talk about are, one of the youngest teams in the country, BOC. They are, they are a legit team. Like yep. I never really say this because I don't know, maybe I'm just like blindly, blindly optimistic about the Friars, but like, I have no desire to see them in Madison square garden. Like that yeah. team that like, I want no part of them. Until like might be a fun, might be a fun title game though, would it? That would be a great that'd be a great title game. I, I'd be cool with seeing them them there. Um, but like, like I have no desire to play them in the quarters or semis. Like they are just such a good team. I am in the in the in the uh, recap of the game. I wrote I was like effusive with my praise about about them, and they're just a very good team. They're not a flash in the pan. Like this wasn't like a little like mini winning streak that they went through. That it was a fluke. Like they, they're going to be legit all year. I think they'll be ranked for the remainder of the year. Um, but yeah, it, it reminded me a little bit of like when we were playing Xavier at their place, every time Xavier made a run, we came, we fought back and that's what they just kept answering and answering and answering on the offensive end. It was so frustrating. Like even like more cell hitting a contested three. It's just like, Oh God, they just keep building like that four or five point lead, but we got it close enough. And the crowd just willed us to a victory as well as, and we'll talk, you could mention this, like Nate Watson just put his big boy pants on and just to start it decided to start dominating in the post. Oh, yeah. 
He certainly did. Well, I'll get to him in a moment, but yeah. um, just one more point to that in terms of uh, uh, Marquette's resilience throughout the game. Al Durham makes a layup to put us up. Um, one probably, right? Okay, so he makes a layup to put us up 55-54 with 434 left. Yeah. I thought at that point, problems were just going to like, get it out to like eat or whatever and then that would be it but what happens right after that Marcel uh makes a big hoop and PC and and Marquette start to trade baskets pretty much down the stretch of this game um one thing we had talked about on the pod pick and roll defense I thought they passed with flying colors I, I would have to say wouldn't you yeah I would say what they did which was interesting because uh, Kolek's not known as a scorer, is I think they said, do not help him off the pick and roll. Let, yeah. like, let your man defend him and see if he can beat us offensively. And he, he was 13 to six. I think he shot 50% from the floor, 13 and six, and shot 50% from the floor, but he had zero assists. Um, and you live with him. The, he's the leading assist man in the Big East. You live with him. Uh, trying to score on us and beat us via score. And like, that's, I think you have to pick and choose your spots with Marquette. And that's the way to, that's the strategy. I think is to let him try and beat you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Cole, like got to give the kid credit for coming out hot. I mean, I missed most of his uh, hot start. So pretty much of what I saw of him, he wasn't great, but, uh, but I mean, the crowd was tough on, they're calling him traitor. I thought that was a little unfair of our students, but whatever. I think uh, I think if anything he should be calling us that, but that's the right? <laughs> uh, it's like the Spider-Man meme point right yeah. back at us. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was a little unfair, but um, and then yeah, Watson was a beast down the stretch of this game. Obviously, the huge dunk and one uh where he just bully balled his way to getting that offensive rebound off the Horkler missed three, which by the way, I thought was gonna be pure. Uh, oh, yeah, wasn't, it, it looked it. Yeah, Horkler wasn't great from three that in the game. It was two of six, and he was missing some looks. But when that one left his hands, I thought it was going in. It went in and out. Uh, yeah. But Watson just was not going to be denied getting that basketball there. And he gets it and just slams all over Marquette. Like, what a moment. The crowd went nuts. That's a, And that's like – we've talked about this in our group chat all the time, like, you just want the light bulb to go up in his head. And it does like sometimes in games where you're like, okay, I'm 6'11, 250, rocked up. I'm built like a bodybuilder. Like just just own the paint. Like stop fading away on, on the post shots or stop like doing the fadeaway hook shots. Like take it right to their teeth because most of the time he's strong enough to fight through contact. Like when he's getting shots blocked, it's because he's, you know, it's a help side block or something where he's not seeing the person or he's like fading away or not going up stronger. He's hesitating. I hope this was like a learning experience for him because, you know, Quath is bigger than him, is longer than him, but he can handle it when he just puts his, you know, puts his arms and chest into the, into the opposing player and just fights through contact. And that's what he needs to do. Yeah. Um, it, also an impressive part of that play was if you see, like he gets the rebound and he's, his back is to, to, to the basket yeah. and he keeps his pivot. Like he could have easily traveled on this and he yeah. actually did not like, you no. can see he keeps his pivot foot, turns around, and just explodes on the rim. Oh, my God. It was so awesome. He yoked it, he yoked it on not only Quaff, but Morcel as well. Yep, yep, both of them. 
it was uh it was amazing yeah and yeah. i mean good for quaff to get back on the play because uh watson swim moved to he like aaron donald like like what yeah. Aaron Donald does to offensive tackles, he didn't want on that play. Literally, swim there move was flying. There were <laughs> there was a large sentiment of anti-Providence fans on Twitter, uh, which is no surprise that were like, "Oh yeah, how you not call that offensive?" I'm just like, one, it's you know, it's the last seconds of the game. You're not going to call that if you call, and then you're going to make that call. You might as well call the over the back and basically manhandling Manaya on the Justin Lewis miss attempt on the other end after Watson dunked and made the free throw. Biggie's play right, at the so, end of the Biggie's play at the end of the game. You can't make those calls. Yeah. So let's go. Let's go to that then. So Watson gets the N one. He hits his free throw. He actually had a big N one earlier down the stretch, and he missed the free throw, and that was kind yeah. of brutal. But um, but he sinks this one. Province is up two. Um, Kolick Kolick drives to the hoop. He gets stuck with with Horkler on him. Um, really tough shot. It was like a fadeaway off one foot. Like, there's mm-hmm. no chance that was going in. And I saw some province haters between that, like, oh, like, they missed two bunnies at the end. What a lucky team. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, sure. Like, there's no chance Kolek is going to make that shot, fading away off one leg with a guy that is five inches taller than him, guarding yeah. him, and suffocating him, really just stopped him in his uh, – By in the way, up that five inches, probably about eight or nine inches. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it's five inches on the on the uh, on the old roster list, but yeah, 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 definitely taller. Um, But I will say, Justin Lewis, I I didn't realize at the game how close that thing was to going in. I I don't know why, but oh my god, like that was a pretty good look. Oh, it was point blank. He had to make that. He rushed it because of you know because he had to rush it. Um, Hey, you know whatever they they. That that one, if you're going to complain about the Watson one, you have to. Yeah, there has to be a double standard there. You have to call Manaya. He jumped all over him over the back, and he got the ball. So whatever. Like I said, it's Big East basketball. Play on. Um. So yeah, just a massive win for the Friars. Two and zero on the week against ranked opponents. They're now I think nine and two against squad one and two. Um, yep. They have four wins over top twenty-five opponents, um, and that could be more if you consider. Wisconsin wasn't ranked when they beat them. Yes, I know. No, Johnny Davis. You don't have to remind me. Uh, but, um, you know, we had talked about this with the 18 and two record, the eight and one in conference record, uh, only having two losses. That's a top 10 resume. No, it's not. Not according to the eight people. <laughs> well, yeah. So you and I were both pretty adamant that we believed it was a top 10 resume. Well, but, that's because yeah. that's because it is Mike. Right. It is the top yeah, end. No, I know. It yeah. is. Um, but the AP wouldn't necessarily put the Friars in the top ten. I thought 12, 15. I'm sorry. I just don't understand it. The math doesn't add up, BOC. And I'll tell you why. I'll give you two examples. Kentucky. Now, I want to preface this by not being like, oh, I think Providence would wax Kentucky and like all this yeah. stuff. No, not at all. Not at all. Kentucky goes 2-0 on the week. They beat Mississippi State, barely. Mississippi State's not ranked. I, I don't know if they're a tournament team. They might be on the bubble-ish. Maybe not. Yeah, they are on the bubble. Yeah, I think so. Um, they beat them, and then they go on the road on Saturday, fog out the field house, and demolish Kansas. Impressive win, no doubt about it. 
Kentucky jumps seven spots from 12 to five. That is a major jump. Now let's talk about flip side. The Connecticut Huskies go 2-0 on the week, beating Georgetown and DePaul. They beat DePaul on the road. Don't cover, by the way. Um, they beat DePaul on the road without Javon Freeman Liberty. They jumped three spaces. They're yes. not ahead of us, but it's like so the math does not add up. Province goes 2-0 against ranked opponents. It moves up two spots. Like that's ridiculous. It's insane. Well, there's yeah, there were three voters who one of them voted us 24. Uh, and then two of them voted us not ranked. One of them admitted uh, one of them admitted today. To I felt us. so bad for that guy. <laughs> yeah, he was cool about it though. He owned it. I I he, I'm a fan of his now. What's his name? Like Jeff Rab Jones or something like that. He's he's good in my book. Um but the other guy is we're out to kill that guy. I the other guy, well, the other guy yeah, made a mistake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's like, please stop it. Please. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Putting him on the cross. So that probably hurt him. But yeah, no, and but then the other guy, this guy, Jesse Newell, who has no idea. I think the problem is like we talked about this. It's like, why aren't they taking their job seriously? Like this guy's clearly doing this as a troll. Like he has Auburn. He dropped Auburn from five to seven this week. <laughs> um, and also he was the one. He was the one. Remember, there was complaints like, "Why is Auburn not ranked number one? They're number two. It's because of that guy." So he's clearly doing this as like a troll to generate clicks and like to have Providence not ranked at eighteen and two after beating two ranked teams. Um, you're just looking for attention, and whatever. If that's your stick, you want to do that. That's 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 your prerogative. But you just lose all credibility, and I think that's pretty important in your occupation. But what do I know? Um. Yeah, totally. And then if you look at Ken Palm, Providence still unfavored uh, in the eyes of, of Kenny P. They're at 46 right now going into today. Um, shall we take another look at the teams ahead of them? <laughs> yeah, Utah State. Yeah, hold on, hold on. Utah, <laughs> Here we go. State, Utah State is 12 and 9 and ahead of us. <laughs> yep. um, hold on. Scene Hall. 12 and 7. Michigan is Michigan's 10 and 8 and 13 spots ahead of us. That's interesting. Michigan got absolutely waxed by Michigan State. Um, yeah. It was so bad that Massachusetts didn't even show the game because they were they were showing a uh, they were doing weather reports on the blizzard. <laughs> but uh yeah, so Michigan's still hanging Virginia, around. Virginia can... Virginia Tech six spots ahead of us at 11 and 10. That's interesting. And then if you want to like compare you got Murray State at 20 and 2 at 37. Like, everyone realizes Murray State doesn't play the schedule that Province plays. Well, that's, right? a, that's, a, that's one of the many problems with this algo is it rewards you for winning big. And yeah. if you're Murray State and you're waxing, like, you're waxing these easy teams, like, it's, you're going to be rewarded. And that's just the wrong way to approach things. Like, that, that needs to be fixed. And I get it's an efficiency algo, but. That, oh, here's an, wrong here's an Say egregious again? one. Here's an egregious one. Here comes another egregious one. 14 and 7 Alabama. Now, I know Alabama beat Baylor this week. Mm -hmm. They also lost to Georgia. Georgia, let me take a quick peek here. Where are the Georgia Bulldogs in Ken Palm? They got to be horrendous. Like, 
Where the heck are they? Oh, Seven I found them. Two oh five. Oh, that's six, good. Six and fifteen, Georgia Bulldogs. They lose to. Yep. Yep. Here we are. They don't really get docked for that one, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't know how. I, well, also, I just don't know in the AP poll how we don't jump Texas Tech. One, we have less losses. We have more wins. Like I feel like I'm a broken record at this point. Oh yeah, and by the way, we beat them head to head without our leading assist man in Bynum. Um, so that's. I don't know what else you need to point at besides the fact that it's Texas Tech and like Chris Beard's not there. Uh, Villanova has no business being ahead of us. The only reason they're ahead of us is because of brand name. Um, we they jumped up two spots and they beat two unranked teams. We jumped up two spots and we beat two ranked teams and one ranked team on the road. It's just yeah. it's just silly. Um, and I know people are like, oh yeah, just win, that'll take care of itself. But like at some point, there needs to be some recognition for the resume that's been put together by Providence, and it's just not happening. Well, it's interesting because Jerry Palm of CBS Sports, um, you know, he's he, he's pretty much CBS Sports version of Lenardi. He has Providence as a two seed. Jerry, we love you. Uh, if you ever want to come on the pod, let us know. Uh, he has this as a two seed. Um, and he wrote about some of the stuff that matters versus doesn't matter. And he said Ken Palm in like those algorithms, which are nice, really aren't in the selection committee's uh, viewpoint like that they're not at the end of the day they're not going to look at Ken Palm um, so I th- I think and would hope that if province maintains the success that um, that will get a really good seed and dude I would love like I kind of just want the season to end now and, and for Jerry Palm's bracket to be the correct bracket because do you see do you see our path in that bracket? I, I like it. I like it a lot. Oh, my God. I mean, could I see us somehow losing to, to uh, 17 or, excuse me, 15 seeded Norfolk State? Uh, maybe, but maybe <laughs> it is the Friars after all. But uh, you play that game in Buffalo and then you get the winner of Colorado State, Murray State for a chance in the Sweet 16. Like, sign me up. Oh, yeah. That'd be epic. It would be epic. Um, and yet the tournament seeding is just as much about who you match up with as opposed to oh, like yeah. where you're ranked. Um, but Hey, it's still early. Uh, we got a long ways to go, but somebody, I forget somebody, somebody texted me in another group chat that said six weeks yesterday until selection Sunday. Oh, That's man. pretty crazy. Yep. I'll be here before you know it. Um, you know, it, and now the Friars have put themselves in such a great spot at 18 and two, eight and one in the conference. Eight games remain, um, barring any rescheduling. Now, everyone's real excited because we're going to be entering the month of February. Ed Cooley month, right? Two years ago. Yeah. The Friars beat the most ranked, uh, beat ranked, the most amount of ranked opponents in a, in a calendar month at five, two years ago. I just want to let the Friar fans be aware that last February didn't, quite go as planned uh the fires were three and three so before nothing, we get super went, super excited here uh nothing went as planned all year last year so what was that nothing at all went planned as we wanted to last year last yeah, year was just an true. unmitigated disaster yeah um so uh we'll have to see province's first game in the month of february a trip to st john's tuesday night um what time's tip 
My cell phone's nine PM. Quickly access nine PM. Oh yeah. Oh boy. Boc does not. He's shaking his head at me. I know. Disgust. I'm just thinking about how tired I'm going to be Wednesday. <laughs> um. So fires look to continue their success against St. John's. We'll give you a preview, but first a quick word from our sponsors at Anchor. All right, welcome back to the Providence Crier podcast. All right, BOC, new week ahead of us. Providence has two games this week on the slate, both on the road against two of uh, the lower-seeded teams in the conference. They'll take on St. John's Tuesday night, 9 p.m. tip at Carnesecca Arena in Queens. Friars obviously beat the Johnnies at home. Um, was that their first game post-COVID pause? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. So they took care of business against the Johnnies at home. Province, surprisingly enough, or maybe unsurprisingly at this point, opens up as two-point dogs against the Johnnies. What are your thoughts of this one? We don't have a preview article out yet. We'll probably get it out by the time we release it. We'll get it out tomorrow. Yeah, get it out tomorrow morning. Um, Thoughts are, I think we should – Take care of the basketball, obviously. They're known for their turnovers, or they're known for turning the ball over, so we need to take care of the basketball in a similar way to we did in the second half against Marquette. Um, and we need to feed the low post. Uh, I think Watt, this is another game where Watson can feast. Soriano can't keep up with him. Uh, he has the size. Watson has the size there. He has the strength. It'll slow the game down, which is good for Providence. Um so I think they just need to continue to feed the post and attack the glass. If you do those two things, I'm oversimplifying it. You should have a, I think, a pretty comfortable victory. The only thing that concerns me is seeing like Champagne get out of his funk and go off, but just put Manaya on him, and I think that'll hopefully combat that. I'm, I'm just have, I have so much faith in Manaya um, that like I think he's just going to lock everybody down. As do I. Uh, obviously, I'm a big fan of the, the deadbolt, the nickname that I gave him. Just locks people up. Uh, but I'm going to take a different approach here, BOC. I'm a little worried about this game. Of course I, you I, are. I know, but, like, the the two-point line scares me. The fact that, like, that, that, that line stinks like shit, dude. Uh, that has me concerned. Um, granted, Cooley's even said himself, that uh, the team kind of defies the analytics and uh, all that stuff. So, you know, maybe I, I'm being a little too worried, but I just think quick turnaround off an emotional week within the program, you know, beating Xavier at the buzzer and then Marquette game going down to the wire. Um, the Johnnies, you look at the Johnnies, they got beat in MSG against Seton Hall and then was able to turn around in a quick turnaround, really take it to Seton Hall. And I know you and I have our thoughts about how good Seton Hall actually is, but um, I don't know. This game just worries me. You know, Mike Anderson has had success against Cooley overall. Granted, we, we got him last game. Now, I agree with you. I don't – their interior defense is an issue, and I think we should exploit that. However, you know Mike Anderson's sitting back and thinking the same thing we are. I would guess, right? Like, how do I find a way to slow down their interior offense? Um, you know, we'll see if he does. It remains to be seen. But I don't know. I'm a little nervous about this one, BOC. I'm not going to lie. I, I, yeah. And I think, like, Champagne, like you said, you know, 
I love Justin Manaya. I think he's the lockdown defender, but I, I feel like he's going to want to look to have a big game too. I don't know. I, I, I think I'm trending towards picking a PCL here. I hate to break it down. That's all right. That's all right. You're the nervous Nelly this year. I'm like calm, cool, and collected. Um, yeah, I don't know. If they, if they double Watson in the post, which maybe they do, it's great to have Reeves back. Great to have Reeves and Horkler on the wing because they can yeah, knock them down. And true. You know who's starting to knock down shots from the wing? Mr. Manaya. Oh, yeah. I know his offense really come alive. You know, let's shout out to him. He wins Big East Player yeah. of the Week. And good for the Big East, by the way, to actually recognize, like, I mean, his numbers aren't, like, eye-popping. Um, but to recognize the defense, to recognize what impact he's made on the floor. Um, so, I mean, listen, I – I just think every every game's a war in the Big East. You know St. John's got talent. Like, Posh and Champagne are awesome. Uh, yeah. And Adi Wusu really coming on for the Giants as well. Um, so the game does make me a little nervous. I don't know. Like, we've played in Karnaseka and have not had fun. Um, I'm, like, thinking back to that that game in 2020, actually, when we played them there. Yeah. We just had, like, a million turnovers. Uh, I think we played them in January. We had like a million turnovers. Diallo think, was like the only one that showed up. Like, oh, it was bad. Do you think? Uh, do you think Breed gets the start? I don't know. Like, it's he, well, you you missed most of the first half. He looked so lost against Marquette's defense. Like, he, I think he had three or four turnovers, and he couldn't have played more than five minutes. Um, I don't know where his – I think he – like, he's a definition of sophomore slump, and he just has no confidence right now, um, especially with these pesky defenders like Alexander, and just in general, by the way, all of St. John's. You might look to put Reeves back in the lineup. I don't know. Or, or you could even slot um, Bynum back in. Yeah, I kind of – yeah, I don't know. It's working. It's working, though, with Bynum. Well, with him a six-man, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, I just don't I, – I just don't know because he uh, – he just looked completely lost. And they did a – again, this was the first half. They did a full-court press, and he was just so tentative, so tentative. And, um, you know, it was, it was clear very quickly he didn't belong in the game. Um, it just was a bad bad outing for him. I mean, he, he might just – you know, once again – I mean, let's face it. Let's call Spade a spade here. He's started by name. I mean, he doesn't yeah, play – Correct, stars, correct, correct. He probably plays – the least out of all the guys in the rotation right now. So, I mean, we'll have to see. But, um, yeah, so what do you think for a prediction now? I know we um, have I predict, let's see, I'm just looking at the lines really quick here. I know you said it was minus two, right? Yeah. Uh, let's see. I will go Providence 77. St. John's 71. All right, I'm going to go St. John's 77, Providence 71. So we're, we're off by 12 points. Yes. Interesting. I was looking forward to the 20-point win, by the way. Oh, I know. You know what? I was... I, so here's the thing. I'll admit when I'm wrong. Uh, I thought it would be a celebration of the Friars. But again, you got to credit Marquette, man. Like – I'm telling you, man, like, those, I'm stunned at the effort 
in in intensity that they brought to that game. I, I really am. You talk about a young team, a team that absolutely waxed this Providence team at home. Like, I thought they might have been resting on their laurels a little bit and coming to this one and, and get up on that. I really did. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm talking to this guy, Kramer Kent. Yeah. Cryer right all the time. He, 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 the Cryer was one and one on his on his winners uh, in the two games this week. So hopefully I'm one and one again. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's get you wrong on this one. Um, I guess I just have more confidence in the team. Like you predicted. I, it's not that I don't have confidence in the team, BOC. I just think a letdown has to be com- coming. Right? It's kind of like Dan Hurley. With, also, uh, also like to your point, like short rest to like. Yeah, they would, they would, it's a quick, it's a what? It's not even a 48 a hour turnaround. All right, relax, relax over there. <laughs> uh, it's not that I'm not confident. The game is just a trap, a trap game like you read about. Yeah. Hey, you know, um, Terrence Ogles be the guy in Field of 68. Yes. He just, he just tweeted, my three leaders for defensive player of the year in no particular order Walker Kessler, Auburn, Mark Williams, Duke, Justin Manaya, Providence. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, um, T.O., if you've been following him on Twitter, he's become hashtag Big East guy. Yeah. I think he just invented that hashtag. But uh, he's a big Big East guy this year. He's, he's actually paying attention, which is great to see. Um, and it's great you bring that up, BFC, because this is the one thing that I want to um, get to before we get out of here. Mm-hmm. would be Cooley's press conference postgame against Marquette. That was uh, awesome. Telling the media to open their effing eyes about Justin Manaya and his impact on the game defense defensively. And it's great to see that T.O. has opened his eyes, I guess. But um, it just goes along this theme this year that for some reason, it, the results don't matter. And what matters is, you know, if you're playing on a big school, if you have a big name, like, it's ridiculous. I mean yeah. – Justin Manaya has been such a defensive stud for Providence, always guarding the opposition's best player, playing a ton of minutes now. Um, the hustle, pl- like, like there was, I think there was one play the other day that he almost made an incredible save and just threw out of bounds. But like, I yeah. thought he had no chance at trying to save the ball, and he did. He so, just ha- he has he has such a motor. The motor doesn't stop. No, um, but it's great to finally see him getting recognition, at least with Biggie's on a roll and. Um, you know, you got T.O. saying that, but um, yeah, I mean, that, that's all I got. you have anything else? No, looking forward to a uh, good Big East week here. Uh, doesn't have the hype that last week did, but you need to take care of business, especially these next three or four games, because that could solidify at, a, at worst a top two spot in the Big East. Yeah, so um, I guess quickly then before we get out, 2-0 uh, and this week, if they go 2-0 and this week, in our twenty and two BOC, where are you putting them? In the, where do you th- or no? Not where are you putting them? Where do you think they'll end up in the AP poll? Uh, eighteen? No, <laughs> uh, I, I'll say. Let's just go. Let's just go with twelve. I don't know. Like I have no. It has idea. to be top ten BOC. It has to be. I dude, it should be top ten right now, and it's not. What do you want me to do? I can only I can only harass I can only harass the AP poll voters so much on Twitter. <laughs> All right, well, keep following along uh, the Province Crier 
Twitter.com. Follow us on Twitter. Again, I'm at Providence Crier. He's at BOC all day. Until next time, Town. See you later. See you guys. Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah. David Duke when I'm way up on the hoop, babe. Cross over, I might go to LEU. Heard they sleeping on me, well, let's take them back to school. PC, you know we on go, ayy. Feel like AJ Reeves when I'm off that pick and roll, ayy. Fall down, bounce back like Emmy Hope, ayy. I'm the alpha dog, Diallo. They were sleeping on me, that's what made me a savage. And he see me bumping, so we gon' let him have it, yeah. They don't want no static, we at the top just like the attic. This year we taking over March Madness. Man up in my city, I'm the truth.